Hello, everyone. Rebecca Goff here, here, and thanks so much for tuning in to today's interview with Dr. Alan Christensen, a New York Times bestselling author and Phoenix, Arizona-based naturopathic medical doctor who specializes in natural endocrinology with a focus on thyroid disorders and is celebrated as a thyroid guru and obesity expert. He's written The Adrenal Reset Diet, The Complete Idiot's Guide to Thyroid Disease, and Healing Hashimoto's A Savvy Patient's Guide, as well as being an avid unicyclist who goes down mountains and rock climbs. <laughs> Have you taught your kids how to ride a unicycle yet? You know, funny you ask. My my sixth grader commutes on unicycle, and we we both just went this morning and rode together, and yeah, he gets a lot of attention. <laughs> so did you not even start them on a balance bike? You just went, went, did you think, oh, you know, too many wheels, too dangerous, we're going... <laughs> he was on a bike for a little while and it takes it takes a lot of persistence about well, almost a month with an hour hour or two a day of, of practicing and just falling off to be able to ride the unicycle and he, he picked that up rather recently he was riding bike first <laughs> speaking of the word persistent which you just used why don't we start there you've shared in many interviews in the past about struggles you had with motor issues stemming from cerebral palsy and how you had really bad seizures as a child. How did you go from that situation with your health to riding a unicycle down mountains? You know, it's funny. I think I think that probably is related. The fact that I struggled so badly with coordination for many years has made me celebrate having it and enjoy it. Yeah, quite a transition. You know, up until probably about 12 years of age, physically, I couldn't couldn't do much of anything besides just basic moving around and you know operation. I was an early reader and I really enjoyed space and science. But by about 12 years of age, it it just hit me that uh, you know I was pretty heavy. I was about 190 pounds and I was getting social rejection from that, and it was it was pretty crushing. And I was frustrated about not being able to do things other people could do. I I would see people moving or playing sports or running and it looked like a lot of fun and I wanted to be able to do that as well. So yeah, it was baby steps. Um, we lived in a we lived in a small home that we were renting at the time and we had a little island that separated the kitchen from the living room. And my first efforts were laps around the island, just like running about 10, 20 feet at a time. And I kept building on that and started studying about nutrition and more exercises, balance techniques, and just, just kept on it and just tiny bits of incremental improvement on a daily basis. Was there a defining moment in your life that made you decide to make a definitive change? You know, there was. It was a, a memorable one. It was in a gym class, and uh, it was pointed out among a, a, a friend of other students about just how out of shape I was, you know, name-calling name and all the humiliation and all that. And so my first my first immediate attempt after that was to try to play football. I said, okay, I'll just join join the football team, and then I'll be able to turn it all around. So so we got suited up. This was probably like a month or so after that incident, and I was told, okay, so we're we're going to go across the field over here to where practice is. So all you guys run out across here to where practice is going to be. So I blacked out on the way to practice. That's how that's how far, that's how far I got into it. <laughs> and You're pretty those, fearless. Those, well, yeah, when I was blacked out, I wasn't very fearless. I was just out. <laughs> but those those couple of episodes made me realize that, yeah, I, I had to change. I had to do things differently. It just was not, no, there was no other option. Changing one's health. I think there's so many people that are suffering out there right now, especially women 
who are tired, they feel overworked, they're prone to stress, they're suffering from irritability, they're not sleeping very well, and, and they can feel the devastating effects of that, of course, physically, but also mentally. And so that's why I wanted to really emphasize adrenal health in this interview, because you've written this extraordinary book, The Adrenal Reset Diet, which is the culmination of decades of all your research and over 75,000 patient care visits. And I've read the book not once, but twice, and it helped me. Well, thank you. Well, thank you. It helped me. You know, I had had a child and it had been a couple of years and I still hadn't got my body back. And then once I stopped nursing, um, my weight just shot up because I was still eating like I was nursing, but I wasn't. And I read your book and I employed a lot of principles and I lost like 17 pounds pretty quickly. Yeah. And (laughs) I just got back to feeling good about myself. And I think that's what your story, what people will resonate with. Just we all want to feel good about ourselves. How do we go about doing that? And for me, you just you've really helped me accomplish that. And so thank you. And awesome. Yeah, thank you. And I'd like to help pass along some of the wisdom that benefited me. So let's start with the whole idea about adrenal fatigue. Why is it so often misdiagnosed, if not completely overlooked? And how, you know, mainstream medicine doesn't even believe necessarily in adrenal dysregulation and it can get dismissed by doctors entirely. Yeah, good question. That's a tough thing. I think that I think some of the earlier ideas that we had about it cast it in a light that made it a real turnoff for conventional doctors. You know, a lot of the early ideas were saying things like the adrenals were tired, they were unable to make hormones. And we know now that's that's really not true. So what happens, you know, I like the term dysregulation or dysfunction. The adrenals can make hormones even when they're even when they're not working well. But what happens is the whole system involving the adrenals and parts of the brain that regulate them are intentionally causing them to make different amounts of hormones that are counterproductive. So there are diseases, there's bad things like Addison's disease and Cushing's disease, Cushing's syndrome. They're they're rare, but they are cases in which the adrenals cannot make what the body wants them to make. And mm-hmm. that's created the confusion because this more common this more common circumstance, this dysregulation, it's not a disease. The body is doing what the, the adrenal glands are doing what the body is asking it to do, but the whole system of timing has been thrown off. So talking about dysregulation, can you go into uh, cortisol, which can end up being a huge problem and reason why we can suffer from weight gain and things like this? Yeah, cortisol is probably the main adrenal hormone and a lot of, lot of unique things about it. It's a, it's a circadian hormone, which means that we make different amounts at different times a day. It, it's what wakes us up and makes us alert and energized. And then when it drops off, that turns on the whole sequence of events that make us go to sleep. And the, the tough part is many factors can cause that rhythm to become altered. And we're, we're not making energy when we should. We're, we're not tired. We're not getting refreshing sleep when we should. And we've learned as of late that when this system is off, that's a big part of our body controlling our weight. You know, there's an old idea that your body's kind of like a bank account. And if you put in 3,000 calories, you get one pound of fat. And we're learning that it's, it's not that simple. And many people intuitively know that because they've counted calories, they've done the time in the gym, and they've not seen it change. And what happens is that if your body is in this famine mode, and we know about fight or flight, but the other F involved in that is famine. 
if your body's in this famine mode, it's going to store things, and it's going to store things especially as that visceral fat, the belly fat, and the cortisol rhythm is a big part of that. So the healthier the cortisol rhythm gets, the easier someone can lose weight. The problem is that a lot of common dietary approaches make that cortisol rhythm worse, and, and that's why you know someone, even if they do lose some weight, they're apt to regain it because their body's gone deeper into this this famine state, this storage state. So the awesome thing about understanding and healing the adrenal rhythms is that not only can you lose weight, but you can have more energy as you do so, and you can keep it off. Yeah, that's exactly what my experience was. You know, I exercise every single day. I, I go to the gym quite a lot, and I was going to the gym, putting even more time in, trying to get the weight to drop. And then I read your book, and I realized that was aggravating my whole system. Yeah. <laughs> and I realized I actually had to do less exercise, and I was exercising <laughs> too late in the day because you talk about when to exercise, when to eat, and things like that. And so I shifted my schedule based on your advice. And then I really saw a tremendous difference. I had to exert less effort, but I got a better result. <laughs> Sometimes crazy. that's scary. <laughs> I know, it's so crazy. And mentioned that there's factors that can disrupt uh, cortisol so that either we're making too much or not enough and not when we need to and so on and so forth. Could you talk about what some of those factors are? Yeah, and the common bucket is that they're all things that make our body feel threatened and make us think that we have famine coming up. I categorize these into three main groups. Uh, one is just processed food. You know, we've, we've worked for a long time to make food that, that we, that, that tastes really good, that has a long shelf life, that's cheap to produce. And the tough part is that those are foods that cause us to store more than we're burning. You know, fructose is probably one of the bigger culprits. We get more of our calories from fructose now than we have in the past. Our ancestors mm-hmm. never had a lot of fructose except for very certain seasons. And especially times before the, the winter would come on, they would have the most access to it. So when we get more fructose, our body says, oh, okay, it's time to hibernate. There's going to be no food soon. So it makes this whole storage thing go on. Then we have uh, pollutants, you know, environmental toxins. This is pretty wild, but they've shown from studies that how much lead someone carries in their body. Like if you've got a group of a group of ten people, and you know five have a higher amount of lead and five have a lower amount of lead, the same amount of food will cause more weight gain in those that have the lead versus those that don't. So we have about three more than three million chemicals that have been made since the turn of the last century. And they work in combinations of ways that we cannot yet fathom. But in many cases, we think they are the culprits behind unprecedented changes in obesity, uh, cancer risks, other higher rates of chronic disease. And then the last big thing is just, just the pressures of modern life. Somewhere around 1980, the number of people that were working on a schedule that was not where they lived, you know, people that were working on other time frames, like people in the States who were working with a company in China or someone on the West Coast managing work that's on the East Coast schedule for the stock exchange. But the rate of shift work and and non-daylight work jumped by over a third. And that's one of the ways our stress load's gone up. But the other big shift that occurred just around that time was the first thing was pagers and then the the, the PDAs and how the smartphones, you know, we're, we're distracted and we're accountable more frequently than ever before. 
And subjectively, people experience more stress, even though we're not really in survival situations. So we, we've got more of these pressures and more things that throw off our daily rhythms. And collectively, those are the factors that causes our adrenals to falter and cause us to go into the storage mode. How can people find out that it's a problem with the adrenals? As far as finding that out, the, the smart thing is to rule out other factors and you know, be medically screened for thyroid function. I'm really excited to speak at the Women's Wellness Conference and give more education about that. But yeah, rule out thyroid dysfunction, rule out blood sugar issues or diabetes. And if there's no explanations, that's a strong consideration. An easy thing someone can do is look at uh, adrenalquiz.com. And that's a free quiz someone can take and just learn if they have a high amount of symptoms that could be pointing towards adrenal problems. That's the quiz that's in the book as well, the Adrenal Reset mm-hmm. Diet. There's a free online version someone can just check. And if they've got a higher score, then it may be relevant for them. And, and the great thing about that quiz that's in your book is you figure out what your level is and then you have like different categories. So I fell into the yeah. wired and tired category. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and, and so, you know, for those of you who get the book, which I highly recommend you do so, you could take the quiz and then you add up all your symptoms and then you fit into a category and then you can look up specific advice directed to that category. And so, yeah, for me, it was wired and tired. For some other people, they might be at the crash level. And then some, it's just like, you know, being preventative and managing stress before you end up wired and tired or before you crash. And I think that's so incredibly helpful. Some of people had a sense about having adrenal problems and about things that might help. But the difficulty is that when, when your adrenals are not working well, there's very different patterns. And yeah, you mentioned how they can be we can have too much cortisol, too little, or cortisol made at the wrong times. And each of those do require solutions that are distinct from the others. Um, the, the neat thing is that the diet, the dietary ideas apply whichever level you're at. But like mm-hmm. you said, some of the more detailed tips of using, using healthy herbs or you know, adaptogens or using mind-body techniques, they can work better if you know exactly what your level is starting out and what your goal is. Would you say that one universal solution would for all three would definitely be related to sleep and you can you talk about some sleep strategies our listeners could put into place to help them with overall good health but also to help their adrenals for sure the the first one is to this program was brought to you by the best day thanks for listening